I'm trying to see, you know, you get a new computer and everything is like not exact. You think everything is right where it should be. And then it's not. And Words cannot express the joy right I have right now watching you flail with technology. Because this is just, this is like candy for me. You you are like the Skynet guy. And so if there's a new gadget, Lucy's got it. So we got a new computer and I called this last week. I said, you're going to be fiddle farting around and not knowing yeah. where stuff's at and it's all new yeah. and I'm just going to sit back here and eat it up. So, so I have two monitors. I've got my laptop monitor over here and then I've got my main gorgeous monitor over here. And normally everything is on this monitor. And then just now, as I'm hitting record, it's all over on the other monitor. I'm like, whoa, throw me a curveball here. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. Yeah, what? You only have two monitors? Yeah, but my main monitor is like the size it's of 64 three inches. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's let's just be honest with how yeah, this okay. is all working here. Soon and very soon, Lucy's gonna have one of those reclining chairs. Yeah. And oh, it's just going to be projected yeah. onto the ceiling so that it can work. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are back for another episode of the Fusion Underground. I'm got, I've got the, you know, this season has been, it's been trying because the, the numbering for this season has been completely foobarred from the word go. Can I just can yes. I just say that? Yeah. So you, you can say that. Actually, everybody already knows that. Okay. But I'm glad you <laughs> because I've had a number of people go, wait, what episode are you guys on? Right. We don't know. We have I, no idea. Yeah. <laughs> we, we we do not know. At least I don't know. I, I mean, We're in you probably season know. three episode something. Yep. X plus one. That's episode one. November 14th recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't even know. Yeah, like when I was uploading the last episode, I I said it was episode. I think I said four. I was completely wrong. Yeah, yeah, you were wrong. off. I was off. I was off. It was really. But it was three, cute, right? Right. It was yeah. really three. And by that point, by the time I noticed it, I was like, "Well, shit, it's already up on Anchor. It's too late to change it now. Let's just keep going." Well, what would you have changed it? I mean, how are you going? You were ahead in what you said. You can't go back. You're not going to go no. back and edit what we said in the recording it's you know what it's okay it, it is what it is so, anybody out there questioning the validity of college education please yeah. <laughs> consult with dr manuel ramirez <laughs> this is what you get this is what you know this is 80, it right here grand gets you yeah yeah how's that how's oh, that for gosh. yeah okay shit <laughs> 
All right. Well, here at the Fusion Underground, what we try to do is <laughs> make sense of the world. Yes. <laughs> We try to make sense of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. I'm your host, Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined, as always, in the virtual studio by my lovely, wonderful co-host, Jason Moret. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, brother. I think we should change our intro to make sense of the world and talking about politics and counting. And counting. <laughs> <laughs> Forget culture, just counting. Uno, dos, tres, y cuatro. And that's, <laughs> as, far as, that's as far yeah. as I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as always, you can find all of our stuff on our website uh, at fusionunderground.net. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash azfusionunderground. I would say that we're on Twitter, but we are currently not on Twitter at the moment. Um, I haven't been on Twitter. <sighs> And going on two weeks now. Yep. Cancel so, culture is alive and growing. Yeah. Oh, and booming. And and last episode, Facebook almost put us in the doghouse. Yeah. For yeah. Facebook Why? almost put we us talked in the doghouse. About... Um, because so because we talked about election fraud, we got flagged oh. on Facebook. I'm not sure if they actually listened to it, had an algorithm listen to it, or if it was just because it was in the description of the episode. Ah. But uh, a few people had shared the post. Mm -hmm. And of course, I go out there and I like it whenever I see that people have shared it. I like their share. And when I tried liking it, I couldn't do it. Um, oh, wow. And then somebody told me, yeah, they were trying to share the post but then Facebook put a big disclaimer on there saying, you know, don't get all of your election information. I don't know. It was like, you know, this, <laughs> they're talking about election fraud. Don't. So yeah, we were, we were being, um, you know, censored, if you will, mm -hmm. in a yep. manner of speaking. And, yeah. and little did we know, see, we, we said even, I think even in yeah. last episode that we're like, well, you know, we've only got about four or five listeners, so I don't think they're uh, they're clued into us yet. But right, right, they're they're clued in. They're getting they're, clued in. They're getting pretty clued in. So they're, they're getting really clued in. Yeah. Soon and very soon, uh, you'll only be able to catch our show. Well, probably on BitChute or somewhere else. Maybe the podcast sites seem to be fairly open that, right now. Yeah, that seems to be fine. Yeah, it may get to a point, and who knows? I don't know. It may get to a point where we can't put anything on YouTube either. I don't know. We'll have to yep. see what happens. But no worries, uh, Twitter, our Twitter aficionados. Anyway. I think um, I'm going to start a parlor, or parlor account um, for us. That would be awesome. I think we'll just do that. Um, I'm on parlor. I'm on parlor. Okay. Yeah, so you can find me on parlor. I'll get there and um, we'll find other alternatives. Yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to go quietly into a night. More like kicking and screaming and then yeah. nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Be taken without the gates. <laughs> yes. Back to the gulag for with you. Yeah. So yeah. I have something I so I don't have a funny. I uh oh. I don't I don't have a clean, a palate cleanser. Well, I guess in a way I do. So that's um, that's slightly terrifying. That means okay. you're gonna show me something that's gonna upset me. So this was a story that was published this week. Yeah, this this last week. November 10th uh, from the New York Post. 
Now I have to make sure I have this set up just right so that I can I can see your reaction while while I are you drinking wine? <laughs> I am. Who are you and what have you done with Jason? <laughs> my, this, my, I got Coors Light in the fridge. If you know, oh, see, actually, I why, had a um, you had to ruin it. Somebody I work with um, actually uh -huh. said that they really appreciated all the work that I I do and all the effort I put in and brought me a bottle of wine to say thanks. So, well, that was um, nice. I've been waiting for an opportunity to have a good red because. I didn't make anything recently that a good red pairs with, and I did tonight. So I open it up, and it's quite, quite delicious. What is it? No idea. Does it start with <laughs> boons and end with farm? No, you turd. <laughs> I have just a little bit of class. I, okay, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I just wanted to check. All right, is it a Pinot Noir? Is it a Malbec? Is it? Um, a... No, this is actually a. Um, it's a Shiraz. No, oh, it's it's okay. a Shiraz, but oh, it's a right. very it's a very dry. Shiraz. Actually, mm -hmm. I was. Um, it's a little bit more. I'd normally drink a Very Pinot Noir. That's my tannin preference. Huh? High in tannins. Um, okay. That's what um, makes it dry. You. Oh, hey. It, yeah. See that. You, you uncultured like louse. You yeah. swine. <laughs> yeah, baby. It ain't no dang Merlot, there, big guy. <laughs> 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 yeah. It's. It's. Um. I normally like a Pinot Noir. That's my go-to. I like Pinot Noir. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mind a Sauvignon if if I, I feel a little bit like Sauvignon, a Cabernet. But seven, yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not, you know. Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah. yeah Otherwise, yeah. it's a Sauvignon Blanc. You yeah. uncultured swine. Yeah. You. <laughs> <laughs> Back at you. But but I do like, I do like the Malbec. I like blends too. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Not commenting on blends. That's okay. All right. Well, screw you then. So That's fine. back to back to this article before you so rudely interrupted with your glass of wine. Uh, all I did was take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> you dirt nugget. <laughs> all right. Uh, the title of this is from the New York Post just a few days ago. The title of the article is Millions of Women Don't Know Where Their Own Vagina Is Located. <laughs> okay. So let's let's kind of walk through this and and uh, let's talk about this because this is interesting, right? Because I'm like, wait a minute, millions of women don't I'm know where sure their own vagina where is. Where you lost it? Yeah. Yeah. Did did it? Did oh you my god, I lost it. it. Did you? Where'd it go? Uh, did it wander <laughs> off? I have it, it, it. It's in my other pants. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I left it in my other pants suit. Yeah. So this is how it starts. It says, "Ladies, it might be time to take a long, hard look in the mirror and ask, what is that?" An estimated one quarter of U.S. women don't know where their vagina is, according to a new poll conducted by one poll. Can we, can we just hold on? Can, 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 we, can we just take a moment to appreciate the, the people who conducted this poll? They, their name is one poll and we're talking about vaginas. I'd, I'd, I'd like to take a moment to point out that no time ever um, could any man get away with saying something like, right. dudes, it might be time to look in the mirror and say, what is that? <laughs> I'm Just an observation of sexual differences, not yeah. a disparaging comment in any way. I, but 
I'm pretty sure a hundred percent of men will know where their penis is located. Yeah. I'm pretty Actually, sure. That's now in all fairness, I will mm. say this. Mm. I attribute that to, because pretty much 90% of all men out there uh -huh. double check that situation probably every 90 seconds just oh yep there it is yeah even if it's just oh yep. okay there it is yep yeah. we're good okay yeah. oh nope haven't lost it yet all right move <clears throat> on. all right well one poll one poll conducted this poll and they found that 46 percent of ladies could not point out the cervix and 59 percent suggested a different body part when asked to identify the uterus. Now, in, in all fairness, those aren't really the vagina, but you know, it is all kind of attached, I guess. Um, I wonder what body part they pointed to when asked to identify the uterus. Are you shaking your head because you just don't want to go there? I don't want I don't want to do this. <laughs> it's, because, <laughs> it's because your wife listens and your mother listens to this show. That's a contributing factor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So it gets better. It says only one in 10 women pass the anatomy quiz. One in 10, 10% when asking them to name all the parts of a female reproductive diagram. So only 10% of the women were able to name all parts of the reproductive diagram. In Timina, I don't know what that is, the Swedish women's health company that commissioned the study. Of course, of course, this happened in, uh, you know, Sweet. the Swedes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, included responses from 2,000 women. A spokesperson said the brand hoped to reveal a critical gap in American education. So these are American women. Got it. Uh, and the fact that nearly one in four women in the survey misidentified the vagina and 46% could not correctly identify the cervix shows we need to keep educating the public about how the reproductive system, its monthly processes and hormonal changes can impact a woman's life, said Danella Zagar, Intimina's global brand manager in a blog post on the website. How? Whoa, time out. Nope, I call, <laughs> I call shenanigans. Okay, nope, not happening. The if, chair recognizes if, Jason Moret. Thank you. <laughs> reserving my time, reserving my time. Um, if one in 10, only one in 10 uh -huh. passed, mm -hmm. then obviously mm -hmm. it's not affecting the daily lives of women because otherwise 90% of the survey group would actually know. Ignorance is bliss is what you're saying. I'm saying the premise behind the argument, this makes the case that we need to educate women better so they can understand how this affects their daily life. Well, if 90% of them don't know where any of their own anatomy is at, then obviously it ain't affecting their daily life. That's true. That's a good point. I mean, if I got a, if I got a, a, a foot problem and my foot hurts, mm -hmm. you know what? I know where my foot is. I know what toe hurts. I know what, when I step on the one side where it's at, and I know when my heel touches, I know my foot because it freaking hurts and it affects my daily life. I know it. Yes. But if you're asking me what the inside of my bunghole looks like, I don't know because it doesn't bother me every damn day. <laughs> it does what it's supposed to. I go to the bathroom. I sit down. We do our business. 
50 minutes later, I get up and we're all done. (laughs) (laughs) Not a problem. (laughs) Okay. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Menopause was not understood well either, according to the poll. Oh, really? Yes. With 13% defining menopause as a term to describe a missed period. That's a problem. That now that that's a problem. While 10% figured it had something to do with turning 40. <laughs> oh no, no, no. Who do they oh. ask? 12-year-olds? Uh, honey, we're not there yet. D- d- relax. I didn't say that. This is we're just reporting the polls. Okay. Right. We're we're just talking about the New York Post. Yep. This is oh. 100%. Oh my god. There's New an York Post coming in the Marit house. I think, oh, so. big time! Yeah, okay. big time! Yeah. Okay. While age is a factor, the story can the article continues. The number does not dictate when or why menopause takes place. Well, of course, women were divided on whom to blame for their poor understanding of their own bodies. Well, of course, it's somebody oh, else yeah, to blame. Somebody to somebody's fault. Of course, it's somebody else. Yes. Yes. It's yes. if if you don't know where your penis is, well, of course it's not because you made a mistake somewhere in your life. It's because somebody else failed to do their job. If, if I'm sorry, if guys don't know where their penis is, that's hey, I'm not just a, that's not a dude, right? That's not happening. <laughs> I'm, no, I I refuse. I call I call <laughs> shenanigans. I'm going to get my roll to disbelief. <laughs> yeah, all the disbelief. <laughs> Nat 20. How about yeah, that? Yeah. All right. Um, okay. So we're back on women blaming other people for not knowing their own bodies. 36% yep. said their teachers failed. Well, yeah, teachers are garbage. So okay. we've already concluded that last time. 28% resented parents. Resented. That's a very strong word. That's a very, very, very strong word. So ladies... And, but- Okay. Sorry. On that point, Uh I will say that for the last, I would say 20 years or so, roughly, um, we have as a society overwhelmingly relied on our education system to talk to our children about sexual education and ultimately gotten pissed off about what they're learning. I'm sorry. um, Gender confusion was not an issue when parents were talking to their children about sex education. No, correct. But, and I'll bet you 100% of boys knew where their penis was and at least 80% of women knew where their vagina was. Well, I, w- I want to know, if why, why would you resent your parents? That's a very strong word. Resented yep. their parents. 28%. You're talking... That, that, that's, that's insane. That's close to a third of the population. Yeah, that's, that's, that's insane. That's insane. Of the people who took this survey and failed to identify their own bodies... 28% resented their parents. I mean, like, you know, you might resent your parents because they took you to church to a cult, right? I resented my parents <laughs> for taking me to a cult, um, you know, yeah. to raise me as a Scientologist or something like that. That I get. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you didn't understand your own your own bodies, I mean, come on, it's 2020. We, if you didn't know by now, you could have looked it up on Google. You could have Googled it. Anyway. Well, yes, you could have Googled it. Of course, 27% called for better public education standards. That's it. We got to give more money to the public education system because the public education system more money is, for not, sex education. is not teaching young women 
about their vaginas. So therefore we need better public education standards, which means more money into public education. We talked about teachers being garbage, right? I mean, 36%. Uh, no, we've never their, covered that. 36% said their teachers failed them and 27% are saying, well, we need better education standards. Mm-hmm. Holy Christ. All right. The research, <laughs> this research shows, even though it is 2020, with Google, oh, with, women yeah. don't know enough about their bodies and as a result are not able to take an active role in their care. Yeah, but I, I guarantee you they're going to be telling you all about your own business mm-hmm. and how to take care of your own business, right? Well, and, and we wonder why we have a disc- or an argument about how many genders there are. Right, right. The, the, the article here ends with this quote, knowing their bodies and knowing how the reproductive system works gives women the power to be able to advocate for their well-being and get the support they need. <sighs> maybe this is why. Maybe I can this agree is with why, that. Okay. Well, maybe, well, maybe, but maybe this is why when liberal women get all pissed off, the first thing they do is take their clothes off. I've wondered that. I've always wondered when there are, when there are these left, <laughs> leftist groups, right? They, these, leftist, these leftist women, they, all these feminists get together and they're bitching about something and they get all pissed off at the man, at the patriarchy or some shit, right? And they go out into public and they stand on street corners and what do they do? They take their clothes off. I have no idea why, but it's like, you know, here, look at my boobies. I don't know I, why. Are they asking? Are they, do they want people to come and point things out and say, do you not know where your body... Is this why they get they dress down or they take their clothes off? I I, I don't know why. No, I, why? I I think that really is purely a shock value and attention. And so when they they use body paint and paint their you know slogan, whether it's I I don't know hope and change or unity now or um, women's right, you know pick a pick a thing, um, you know free hat. I don't care, whatever it is, um, they put it across their boobies <laughs> hat. and. <laughs> And the, the part that drives me bonkers and ladies, you know, where I'm going and you understand where I'm at and you know it, and you're going to call me names anyway. And I'm sorry, but this is the truth. You're going to get everybody in the world to look and you're going to get pissed off at all those guys out there looking and staring at your boo-boos and not reading a single letter of what you've body painted on yourself. And wonder why no men out there will respect you for it. No, because we're looking at them like they're crazy. Here, you know, the thing is, is, is conservative women, there are plenty of women on the conservative side of the aisle. And they don't strip naked when they go to protest something or when they, you know, gather together to do a march. Ah, okay. So let's talk about conservative public demonstrations. There's no such thing as conservative protest. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an oxymoronic <laughs> statement right there. That's a failure on my part. All right. I, you're, you're right. <laughs> Conservatives don't go out in masses and create chaos and hysteria. Sorry. We, we just we don't, don't want to. We don't want to do that. You're crap. conservative. <laughs> yeah, we want people to we leave get us the, alone. We get the church group out and we have a meeting at the church. Or at the convention or at the the, the convention center or whatever. When they get together, when conservative women get together, they don't strip naked. I don't understand what it is about leftist ideology that says, 
you're protesting about something or you're speaking out for or against whatever it is. And the one thing you go to is take your clothes off. I don't, I don't understand that. Well, no, no, no. You I want to do a social, it. I want to do a you, social you, study on here's, that. You understand it. Everyone understands. No, I don't. I know no, I no, don't no. understand stop, it. Stop it. You understand <laughs> it. You don't agree with it. No, I it don't upset, understand uh, There's it. a huge, di- no, yes, you do. Because well, the, it, you can it understand. Uh, stop it. <laughs> You can understand that, and and you you hit the nail on the head when it's conservative or liberal. It's in the definition of the freaking terms right then and there. And the liberal idea is it has to be shocking. It has to be in your face, loud, obnoxious to get attention. Otherwise, it's not valid, and it 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 makes the big impact. It's all about the big splash. It's all Fair about enough. the the shock value, and then you get every. Once you get the shock and the attention, then you can say more recycling, <laughs> reduce, reuse, recycle. You know, I, I don't care. It's it's it does the the actual <laughs> message comes secondary. Shock has to happen to get your attention. Conservatives are the exact opposite. They talk about what the message is and gather momentum from that liberals look at the other way we talked about this in ideologies yesterday if you go with the conclusion you can grab onto that and values and principles you just kind of shove in behind it but you've got to get the attention right up there up front and i'm sorry nothing grabs people's attention like violence and nudity there's nothing else in our culture that gets people's attention better than those two things. So to sit here straight faced and tell me you don't understand it, I call bullshit. Yes, you do. Well, you don't me, have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. I don't like it. I think it's me, stupid. I think it's counterintuitive. I think it's counterintelligent. I think it makes people look stupid and crazy, but uh-huh. I can understand it. Uh-huh. But it But that's that's the point, right? Because if if you're if you're stripping down into the buff Okay, if, if you believe in something so much and you are trying to get other people educated and motivated the way you're motivated, stripping down naked doesn't do it. Stripping down, that's like preaching to the choir. All you're going to do is, is encapsulate the left who are already on your side. Those of us that, you re- that you're really trying to change our, the minds of, we look at you like you got a horn sticking out of your head, like you got... Yeah. You know, we look at you like you're a crazy person okay. and saying, have some, have some self-esteem and self-respect. And you're not convincing anybody of that. Here's the biggest that you hit. Okay. You, you solved the problem, but I'm going to point it out in what you said. You talked about preaching to the choir and convincing right. people. Liberals don't give two potatoes about converting conservatives to a liberal cause they don't care they never have their marches have never and are never and will never be about convincing people like you and i or any other conservative minded individual out there to join their cause they only march to embolden and body their base those people because not every liberal 
person, every left wing, every Democrat individual is going to strip down naked and run through the streets shouting for recycling. No, they're not going to do that. But if you can mobilize and invigorate more of your base, then the conservatives over here and the other people have to go, well, they're getting really loud and really obnoxious and they're like, you know, wandering into traffic and they're be, you know, interfering with normal daily life. We have to do something, not, we don't have to agree with them. We just have to appease them a little bit to get them to, fine, shut up, now go away so we can get back to work. That's always the way they tackle this. You look at the Black Lives Matter stuff. That's exactly what they did. They didn't give two craps about how many conservatives came and started marching with them. They wanted to see how much of a mob they can create out there so that they can get the NBA to allow them to put their slogans on their jerseys so they can get the NFL to fall in line so that they can actually get little bits and bits and bits from all these other people to try and get them to shut up and go away. And then they just keep getting louder and louder and louder. It's never about getting the conservatives to come over to their side. It's just about creating a bigger mob. Fair enough. Conservatives argue the, op the opposite way because mm -hmm. we're dumb. We go, no, if we can just reason with these crazy people and get just a handful of them to come over here and just talk to us because we're not crazy people. We can just talk to them and make sense because we do things like think. We do things like rationalize and we do we use things like logic and mental faculties. These okay. are basic. They well, should be able to come together, right? And so we try and that, convert them. So hold that idea for a little bit because okay. I want to get into a topic. I want to get into a discussion uh, tonight about cults. We okay. talked about ideologies last week and, and I want to talk about, about cults because I think okay. they're interesting. I think they're really fascinating. But before we do that, yes, sir. Um, did you see um, Elon Musk? You know who Elon Musk is, right? Yeah. The crazy he's the, billionaire. He's the, he's the Tesla dude. Yeah. The crazy billionaire Tesla dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. He, he, he may, he may or may not be a genius. I don't, I don't know, but you have to be a little crazy to launch one of your cars into outer space. If I had that kind of money, I'd be launching a whole bunch of shit in outer space. That's, that's <laughs> F off money is what he's getting. That's what yeah. that is. That's F off money. I'm going to, I'm going to launch my car into outer space just that's, because that's, I can. That's the guy who says, you told me I couldn't do this. Right, right. Oh, yeah. okay. Watch I'm me still bleed. a pissed off teenager with too much money at heart. Watch this shit. Watch me you bleed tell me cash. I, I can't date that person. You got it. Hey, you, I don't know your name. Come on over here. We're dating yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Elon Musk yesterday, as a matter of fact, yesterday, he got four covid tests okay four at four different times during the day two of them came back negative two came back positive i don't know the order in which they say, were coming are they play, sequential right? i don't know uh that's all he said he said he got four covid tests in one day two came back negative two came back positive this and and of course to elon's point right he's like well he said something extremely bogus is going on no 
It's bullshit is what it is. It's just all BS. Can we just accept that fact? This is all BS. We've talked well, about this before. We've talked about tons of false positive testing in the past. We've, yeah. I mean, go back. I don't know what episode it was. It was like six episodes ago. That was back we, in like April. We talked about this crap and how dumb it all is and how just a turd. It's just a gigantic steaming turd pile is all it is. Yes. And and Elon Musk is finally coming to understand that point. Yep, yep. It it is a poop sandwich. It is, and, a poop and sandwich, we're yes. all being forced to eat it. Actually, the funny part is, so many people are now freaked out. They have no idea why, but they know they're freaked out. I know they're buying <laughs> toilet paper all over again. For toilet paper, out. like it's going out of style again. Would you people stop fucking buying toilet paper? <laughs> Seriously, knock it off, Jesus Christ! Man. Why are you buying ass paper? People are getting freaked out and they, I have no idea. Nobody knows what they're getting freaked out about. What are you getting freaked out about? It, you know, the, I think that the, the fear of an impending six to eight week lockdown is. Oh, the, the, the brain hemorrhage of yes. like, let's lock down the entire company country. I'm sorry. Let's lock down the entire country for four to six weeks and give everybody pay and pay everybody to do that. You know how many billions of dollars that would take to pay everybody? And what are you supposed to do during four to, for four to six weeks? I mean, where are you supposed to go get your groceries? So you're going you're gonna to have us do a run on the grocery stores and Walmart and Target? Or are we going to have to stand in line and get our government cheese for a F's sake? Yes. Yes. Now, I, I'm sorry. You call me a conspiracy theorist all you want. What but I really do believe we will have check-ins online at the grocery store where we will be assigned a number and they will have a means of getting our essential items to our homes we will not be allowed to go out and i'm this is it's people these people that said that would never happen here right here we go i i don't think it's going to happen Oh. I don't. I don't think it's going to happen. I say bring it on because that sounds like a video game vacation, as far as I'm concerned. I'm like, I'm like, you're gonna t you're gonna pay me to take four to six weeks off of work. I would then love that, but then that's not sure. going to happen for me. Right? I already I, mean, I already got told. I I actually asked. Hey, what happens if I? Because I'm doing weekly testing right now up here in this county. We're still at a moderate level. As soon as we go to high, then I'll be tested twice a week. Um, but right now, weekly, I get tested. I said, Hey, so if I pop positive, does that mean I get to go home and stay, stay home for 10 days? He goes, well, you have to be, yeah, you have to quarantine for 10 days. So I get, I get, I'm off. He goes, no, you still have to work. You just got to do it from home. I'm like, dude, come on, man. I feel like Joe Biden. Come on, man. You know, the thing here, here's, here's the thing that I, here's what I think about this whole four to six week BS. Okay. I think things like that are being told to Americans who who only think the country doesn't exist beyond five miles of their house. There, there are so many people. Let me, let me explain. That's like 80% of the population. Right, right. That, and for those listening, most people do not comprehend the size of our country. They really don't. They don't comprehend the size of our cities. They don't comprehend how much infrastructure you would have to put in place and how many billions or trillions of dollars you would have to put into place to lock down the entire country. We're talking 300 million people, give or take, right? But we're, we're talking approximately 300 million people 
across this entire nation, across the hundreds of cities that we have. And, and most people think they, they think that their whole country ex extends out like five, about five miles. People can't think beyond that. And so when they say, well, shut down the whole country, they're like, yeah, that's, that's my neighborhood. That my neighborhood could be shut down for four to six. No, your neighborhood cannot. And neither can my neighborhood, neither can Jason's neighborhood. And when you start expanding and realizing how big this country is, it's impossible. This is just smoke. If, if you're out there and you're like, yeah, let's lock the country down. Would you stand back up because somebody's behind you blowing smoke in your, in your nether regions? Stop it. Just... <laughs> Stop it. You're I'm, laughing I'm, at I'm, I'm laughing. I'm laughing at, at, at two, two things. So first and foremost, I just got done talking about how leftists go out and talk to their base and just want to create a, And here you are, as a conservative, already, we, we haven't been past that segment in 10 minutes, and you're trying to make sense and rationalize to those same yahoos about why this isn't going to work. And then I go, okay, so point number two, I know how to actually rationalize to those people if I no, use the same... I I that, stop. Stop. Don't. If I use the same shock and awe, uh -huh. I'm not going to strip down naked. Uh -huh. But if all I have to do is shut off their trash and sewer service, problem solved. We're back to work in a week. Dude, no, I want the, the four to six week. No, I want the video game vacation, the, man. Don't shut I know, off the, but the don't minute shut the off toilets the... back up, all those liberals will go, whoa, no, 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 no. This is not what we meant by shutdown. No, no, no. I still need a flush out. This is this is BS. This is not right. That's I call shenanigans. That's an essential business service, and I yes. still want all you know, my water that's, that, trash. That's funny you say that because I've always said the most the most important. I don't care what company you work in, who you work for, or anything. The most important people in any organization are the people that clean the buildings. I, we, we talked about that when we were talking about minimum wage. And yes. I said that about housekeepers and janitorial the staff. The most important people treat them well because yep. if the CEO or a VP or a director leaves for a week. Nobody cares. Eh, nobody cares. If, if the janitorial staff, if one person on that janitorial staff is gone for a week, everybody knows it. Everybody yeah, knows it. You got at least three people coming out of the bathroom, yeah, still holding onto their pants, going, Man, who didn't put the new toilet yeah. paper back in the yeah. toilet? Man, and somebody needs to get in there and clean up. Somebody destroyed that thing, and then they're wandering down the hall to the next bathroom. Yeah. And yeah. when you and when you're in these companies, I mean, some of these some of these corporations are are quite huge in terms of the population density in the buildings. Mm -hmm. And when you have a lot of people, like hundreds of people hitting a toilet, hitting a restroom in a given hour, like seriously, you can have a hundred different people hitting that toilet. You know, it gets rancid real fast. Oh yeah. And you got to keep up on that. So if the, if the, if that janitor is gone for that day, Oh man. Oh yeah. No, they just put the yellow tape and says out of order. Yeah. Oh yeah. Over it because there's right. no there's no right. saving it. I right. mean the the on. most important people. I mean, be good to those people, treat them well. They 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 don't get paid nearly enough. 
they have a, they have one, they have a better job than teachers. And two, they should absolutely be paid more than teachers because our and teachers three, are garbage. They do it better. And three, they do it better because one, our teachers are garbage and everybody loves the janitorial staff. And if you don't know the name of your janitorial staff, shame on you because you should know them and thank them and talk to them. You don't have to just, oh, thank you for cleaning the toilet. No, get to know who they are. They're, they're Americans, they're people. And they're, you know, some of the, some of the best people in your organization are probably cleaning up after everybody's stankness. Literally. 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 Yep. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Good times. All right. Yeah. All right. So we're done. You got me on a soapbox and I appreciate All right. that. All right. So what else so- did you want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so I've been watching, I've been watching some, uh, some uh, documentary shows of late. So uh, the first one I was watching is on this org. It's called, what was it called? It's called the vow. Uh, you, and it was yeah, on HBO. Yeah, so it's on HBO. It's called The Vow. If you're into documentaries, I, I recommend checking it out. Um, there was a con- a company called Nexium. It's actually NXV. Wait a minute, NXIVM. But everybody in everybody that was participating in this called it Nexium. So yeah, you have. It's not the pharmaceutical acid reflux drug called Nexium. That's the purple pill. We're not talking. About- <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm just, I, I just picture Morpheus with the red pill and the blue pill. Why? Oh, why didn't I take the purple pill? Yeah. <laughs> it felt better in the morning. Right. Sorry. Uh, so Nexium was this, it was this uh, self-help. It started it. So it's, it's actually really interesting the way that it was set up because Nexium is this central company. And then they started all of these other little companies. Um, and it, they were, it was really fostered on the whole concept of self-help, right? Come okay. and we teach you things and we, you overcome your fears or your anxieties or whatever. And you and then you get to hang out with a bunch of people that are just like you. And we sing Kumbaya and you Total give money. Recall. Yeah, and Total Recall. Um, and what it it devolved into this this like sex cult. Okay. Where women were getting branded. Oh um, yeah, you, yep, yep. You mentioned that. And, and and it was craziness. So the show The Vow is all about that. So basically, it was this cult that was started. And then, um, so I watched that, and then I've been watching uh, Leah Remini's. You know who she is? Leah Ramini's on uh, Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. On so on A&E. On A&E. Yeah. So now it's on Netflix. So I've been catching. So there's three seasons, at least three seasons on Netflix. I don't know if there's been more on A&E, but um, three seasons are on Netflix and I've been watching those. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, so Leah Remini was uh, a Scientologist. She got into Scientology from her mother, I think at the age of like 12 or 13 or something well, like that. She was, no, I think she was. Um, Leah was born into it, if I remember correctly. No, she talks about it on the show. Um, okay. That after her, when her mom got her into it, and she was already like in, I don't want to say, she was like in middle school at the time. Um, okay. But because she was at such a young age getting into it, 
right? She got indoctrinated really fast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she attributed a lot of the success that she had in the lower levels of Scientology to launching her acting career, which really sort of solidified her for a number of years. And then she got out in 2013 and she's been going around and interviewing various people. We're probably going to have Scientologists. I mean, by, by saying the name Scientology, I'm sure they're going to like come out of the woodwork and start following you and I and harassing mm -hmm. us and yep. digging through our garbage and everything because that's what they do. Um, so L Leah has, she partnered up with this other guy. His name is uh, Mike Rinder. Right. He was a big time yeah, Scientologist. He was a very high ranking um, within the echelon of, of the Scientology yeah. Yeah. Um, order. He was an executive. Yep. He was uh, he was like the hammer, man. He was the enforcer. He would go after people who were talking bad about Scientology or he would, he was responsible basically for tearing down. Um, uh, if there was like a reporter, for example, who was going to do an article on Scientology, uh, Mike, Mike Render was basically the guy that would come out full, full bore guns blazing, tear that, tear that reporter down and, you know, throw everything that we got at him so that they don't publish it. He was, well, that, he Mike, was an executive. Mike was one of the the heads of that division. I think it's important to point out. Yes. Yeah. The org, Mike, Mike would go out to that, but as far as the CR goes, he actually was he was was high enough up that he had a lot of people that re, that worked for and reported to him in that division, division or whatever yeah within the um yeah. within the organization so yeah he gotta, he was like to, a he was an executive he was an executive yeah. member so i mean yeah. he's i mean it's kind of structured like a corporation so if you Correct. think like an executive Correct. member of the board which is what mike rinder was i mean he's got a host of you know he's got i don't know you know dozens maybe a hundred people behind him that he's he's sending out and he's doing all of these things you're right and and he's the guy that was the face of scientology we're talking about a lot of this you know going out on camera to to basically say no that person over there is crazy we don't do anything weird you know meanwhile he's maneuvering all kinds of chess pieces on the board to bring these reporters down and stuff like that a really fascinating guy yeah. Um, so you've you've watched some of the show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What what did you think of it? You know, I liked. I I actually I really did like it. Um, it was one of those that I I was watching. Um, on occasion, my wife and I were watching it, and it was. I said I wanted to start it from the beginning, so I'm kind of glad it's on Netflix, so I can start and and kind of get caught up on some of that. Um, it got a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to say it, it didn't get repetitive necessarily, but I mean, it was, it was in the sense that you're dealing with the same organization, the same craziness, the same cultish mentality, the same indoctrination of all these people, the same fallacies. Um, I warned last week, I was talking about be very cautious when you have a cult desperately seeking to get government to recognize them as a religion because that gives them all kinds of liberties and freedoms and removes a lot of the scrutiny out there and Scientology is one of those who was able to put enough pressure on to actually attain that that's exactly what they did um, because they are now they are recognized as a religion and it it removes a lot of the um, I guess, oversight in some of the illicit things that they're doing in there. So I like the show. It 
got to a point where it was almost too much. I'm like, I, I, I almost can't handle any more of this. Um, to think that this kind of stuff actually exists within my own backyard is almost, it's, it's almost too much. Um, and then I think it was off the air for a little while because, well, the season had ended and I never really got back into it, but. Well, it's funny when I started watching the show, uh, I just hit play on Netflix and I didn't realize that Netflix had the, the way that they published the show, they published it in reverse order. So in the season drop down, season three is up at the top and then it goes three, two, one. Oh, so, so when I hit, watching it backwards, <laughs> I started watching it backwards. Right. And, okay. and so I was, I started with season three. I had no idea it was season three. I was just like, Oh, this is, you know, uh, what's her name from King of Qu or King of Queens, right? King of Queens. She was um, actually in Saved by the Bell too. Yes, they, there was a picture of her in Saved by the Bell in the show. I, I never watched it. It was a little bit after I never watched Saved by the Bell. I was you you what? I was <laughs> I was at that age where I had just I was past it when Saved by the Bell came out, and so I wasn't watching. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Okay. Um, but so when what's interesting is when I because I jumped in on season three, they had already talked about Mike Rinder, so I didn't know who this oh, guy was. So you, and I was like, you, it, well, it takes you a couple episodes to start figuring out when he's talking with some of these people yeah. who have escaped, and they they call it these are literally escapees right. from Scientology, right? Um, and some of them actually said I knew damn good and well who you were yeah and, oh yeah and there's been a couple people that he's actually gone and interviewed who were people that were targets of his yes and, and they said you destroyed my life mike yeah 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 it's, it's crazy it's crazy but what was funny though is like i i didn't know who he was and i'm like who is this guy and why is he hanging out with leah and mm -hmm. like I, he's just some like guy who was a scientologist i don't understand this and then I realized I was like halfway through season three. So then I went back and started with season one and I started watching it. Well, the first few episodes of season one really dives into who he is. And I was like, holy shit, this guy was up there. This guy was into yeah. it thick. He was like, yep. he was in Scientology for like 46 years or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I had a lot of respect for him, I, you know, as, as sure. an individual and what he's gone through and um how he turned his life around and as, you know he has two kids that are still in Scientology that he yeah. he was disconnected from uh when he left the organization um but you know so th there are some things in so I've always thought L. Ron Hubbard was a wackadoodle I've, I've always thought that you know I, I okay all right so L. Ron Hubbard I have some affinity for now let me let me qualify that before you go cray cray on me all right so hang tight <laughs> he <laughs> he's a science fiction novelist yes that's that's who he is right that's what he was yes i i believe he wrote the outline for scientology and Go with me on this for just two minutes. I need oh, you to well. just keep coming. I don't believe for a friggin' minute he mm. really thought that people were going to take all of this, swallow it, and really go through and do what they're doing based on what he wrote. Defend but that. I, hold on. Defend that. You got to defend on. that. 
Hold on. I'm, I am. Don't okay. don't interrupt me. Let oh, me get all there. Right. All right. We'll get but there. <laughs> at, as a bear poking kind of guy, okay. I absolutely 100% believe uh-huh. he had somebody next to him and go, you know what? I'm going to do this just to see. I'm, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to do this. And he literally wrote this out and hit poke on the button. He poked it just to see who would bite into it so he could sit back and laugh. I think it's the exact same mentality that some of these abstract painters are that Paul and us, we were talking about, yeah. you know, that, 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 you know, grab poop and throw it on a canvas literally yeah. and then smear it around and go, let's see who's going to buy that for $10 million and go, Oh my God, it's sold. And you guys are so dumb. I can't believe it. I really do think he l- laid that out there as a big middle finger just to see how many stupid people would buy into it and totally live their lives by it. And I think that guy is rolling around in his grave, laughing his proverbial butt off right now because of it. See, I, I don't, I don't think that. I think he literally knew that he could get people to buy into that. I think he believed that people were dumb. I think he believed that people were looking for something, which I think is true. I think people, I think the vast majority of people are looking for something to fill their lives. I think he did it because he was a complete and total narcissist. And he found that he was a failed scientific sci-fi author and he wanted to get rich. And, and he knew that he could get rich doing this, um, Okay. So I don't think he was I, poking the bear. I think he was serious no, when he was doing I it. agree with all of that up to one very, I, I guess, very important differentiation. Hmm. I don't believe he bought into any of that. I don't believe that he bought into Scientology. Really. I believe that, yes, he thought people were dumb. I believe, yes, he thought people were, were desperate to grasp at a straw, and if he threw them a bone, that they would buy into it. I believe that, yes, he was a terrible science fiction writer and thought that, yep, he could throw them enough, just slivered with enough truth that it would make sense that he could get rich off of it. I believe, yes, 100%. Do I believe that he actually believed his own bullshit? Not a chance. No way. Oh, well, yeah, I think he didn't believe his own bullshit. I think he knew that it was, he absolutely knew it was bullshit, but when he knew that people were going to were throwing money at him, he went all he went all in. Uh, and he I think he was a full blown narcissist and and he craved that power. And, and he realized that he had tremendous power over people's lives because of this as a religion. And he took full well advantage of that. Now, and this is exactly the kind of person, and this is what I, we talked about. So speaking of Paul, when we, we talked about artists and why I said why yeah. I hate artists, this yeah. is what I'm saying. This is this is the type of person. They don't believe anything out there, but they're going to spin a yarn and tell you, oh, yeah, this is that. And look at all this and look at it this direction. And that's why my poop swatch on a piece of canvas is actually worth the money. And I'll take it. That's the absolute artist bs and that's exactly what oh, I, yeah. put, I put him yeah. in that exact same category yeah they, you know when i was looking at nexium and scientology so there's a couple of things that that uh, i thought were interesting okay about both of them they you both seem parallel correlations go ahead well yeah parallel correlations um so the first thing is that both of both of them were founded on this on this concept that people want to be 
a part of something larger than themselves. I absolutely believe that. Okay. They were also founded on something that a lot of people feel that something is missing from their lives and they're looking for, they're looking, they don't know what it is, Mm -hmm. but they're looking for not, and they're not looking for something tangible. They're looking for what, for meaning in the world. Sure. Okay. And, and and there's a lot of organizations that, 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 um, not prey on that. That's not fair. Um, but that seek to try and satiate that need within human. Right. Right. The, the other thing about, um, that I think both are kind of genius in what they, in the way that they set up the organizations is that, so in Scientology, they have this thing called the bridge Mm -hmm. and you pay shit tons of money, um, to go up the bridge and to get higher and higher, you get to a state of clear, and then you go on even further and you get into the OT levels, the operating Phaeton levels, um, which is a bunch of bunk, it's ridiculousness. Uh, and, and you pay like 300 to you know half a million dollars to attain OT8 in right. their lingo, which is the, the, high, the, high, the high level there. Um, and in Nexium, they had a, a similar type of structure, but I thought theirs was a little bit more brilliant. Uh, they had this, they have this other company called ESP. I think it was called ESP. I'm almost positive. It was like executive something, something. I don't remember. Um, but, <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> it was ESP was like their, the company for like self-help. It was like how to improve your life and how to become a better human being and person, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, and, and when you join ESP, the, the instructors, they wear different colored sashes. And when you're, when you go as an initiate, as a first time person, they give you a colored sash. Okay. So you pay like $5,000 and you attend this week long seminar and, and you're there for eight hours a day doing this particular seminar and you get a sash, you know, and it's kind of like, like the belts. Uh, think of the sash of like the belts and karate, for example. So the higher you go in rank, the different colored belts with maybe stripes on them or something like that. Um, and different colors mean different things, but they also determine how invested you are as an expert in this whole thing. And and that's, I mean, these two things, these bridges and these sashes is kind of a, kind of a genius thing if you think about it, because it's a form of, it's a form of gamification. Right. So Uh I'm, I'm, if you're there and you're like, well, I want to be that color or I want to go, I don't want to just the white color anymore. I want, what do I got to do to get a different color? Cause this screams newbie color. Right. So (laughs) how do I go up? Right. And as, as humans, we're kind of naturally, we're kind of naturally predispositioned for like taking one more step, getting one, climbing the ladder, taking one more and just getting a little bit, well, what's, what's on the horizon? What, you know, following that carrot of, well, if I'm, if, if this stuff is really cool at the mic, at the white level, what happens when I learn the yellow level or the green level or the orange level? Right. Um, And that's kind of genius. It keeps people engaged and it gives them something to look forward to. You know, the, the natural, um, tendency of society is to develop an own hierarchy of power and uh, divination of abilities. I mean, that's, that's just the way society's always gone. You know, even when you're trying to create a quote unquote class neutral society, 
um, that's that's a bunch of crap. It doesn't exist because right. even if right. you were to wipe all of that out, um, absolute anarchy will ensue, but natural order will try to align and you will have people who rise up and take some sort of power and then, you know, assign deputization of others. And so naturally there's a, there's a hierarchy of society that always exists. I mean, it's, it's part of our nature and philosophy. You learn about that. If you go through psychology at all, there's always a, a there's a hierarchy of needs within the human being uh, from birth. And there's a hierarchy of society based on, based on us as human beings. So um, to actually put that at and then monetize it. Well, yeah, I'll take the, I'll take the cheddar. Yeah for yeah. that yeah you just just keep paying me and i'll move your little color or i'll i love the taekwondo um way of life you have a white belt and then you got to pay for a white belt with a yellow stripe and then right, you pay right. for a white belt with another yellow stripe well once you get three then you get to go to yellow belt yeah. and then when you get to yellow belt then you got to pay for your next three green stripes and, and it just keeps going from right, martial right. arts is is no different than but you right. take that anywhere it's no different so it's no different. And they promise the same thing, right? Sure. Taekwondo promises you go to these dojos and they, they're promising, you know, you're going to, you're going to get physically fit. You're going to be more in tune with your mind and body with and greater enlightenment and, comes yeah, greater yeah. power. And, 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 and they're selling all of this stuff. Right. <clears throat> and while I'm, while I'm watching this, you know, I'm watching this and there's a part of me that's thinking, well, shit, this is what Jason and I are trying to do for people too, right? Whoa, whoa. Without the money, right? Without the money. Oh, I was if, like, if, if, what are you? No, I was like, wait, wait, wait. We just got branded a cult, a fusion. Right, you know right. what? That's actually not very That's far actually off, pretty bad, right? I mean, that that ass, right? Everybody else out there. Um, <laughs> by the way, if you don't know, just, just so you're very well informed, uh -huh. if you have ever posted anything in support of our current president you are now part of the cult of trump okay. did you hear about this no i haven't i'm off twitter i i can't <laughs> oh no this is actually the mainstream media has been talking about this for quite a while the cult of trump so okay um, yeah i have to look into that i'll uh, drop you a little nugget okay but, okay but my my point when i was saying like you know jason and i are trying to do this we're trying to you know, I mean, there's this under, we talk about it. I, I talk about it at the beginning of every episode, right? Where what we're, we're trying to get people to become better thinkers, mm -hmm. right? So that they can live a happier life. And when you look at Nexium, when you look at Scientology, that's essentially what uh, I think his name was Keith Ranieri. Keith Ranieri was the guy who started Nexium, and L. Ron Hubbard, the guy who started Scientology. And I and I'm and I'm watching these two shows, and I'm thinking, we're we're like, you know, how far away are we from becoming a narcissistic narcissistic cult leaders? Like, that's not what I want to be. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. Like, when you say how far are we away, are well, you referring to you and I? Well, we're in this together, my friend. We um, are light years away from that. <laughs> I, I will no. That for you, when, so let me let me some peace. Let me let me explain that. Right. Okay, so, please do. So they always, you know, there's these adages like, you know, uh, you know, there's a fine line between love and hate, 
Okay. Uh-huh. As an adage. So if, if you love somebody, then you're a, a fine line away from, from hating them. Okay. In essence. Um, so at what point is there, a, and I'm thinking while I'm watching these shows, I'm thinking like, is there a fine line between wanting to legitimately help people become better at something and implementing a cult like is there a is there a fine line or is there are we talking a grand canyon line you know distance well okay i think there's two big two very important distinctions and i think we and we're in a very opportunistic place to point them out as examples Mm -hmm. since you're using us as an example um i will humble us enough to to be able to answer that two very big points one the monetization of the message but why is that bad no i'm not saying it's bad but in order i believe to make that leap to where it's now it's not the grand canyon but it is the fine line the monetization gap has to be breached so if we are offering said education at no charge for free without any compensation i believe that is a very large gap okay so that's my that's my first that's one number two influence we do not have 12 million views on any of our episodes on youtube (laughs) we have 12 i think that is a very big gap that we have to breach if we're going to be equated to any kind of cultish idea or influence okay but but here's here's the thing though like with with nexium they probably would have only had 12 if they were on youtube or they weren't they weren't they never got to the size of uh of scientology but keith ranieri made a crap ton of money on having a core group of about a hundred people behind him. Um, and, and I think it's very easy to, and so, you know, when I, when I was thinking about it, I thought, well, okay, you know, how different is that then from a therapist, right? Who helps people get to a certain part, part in their life and they charge money for that, right? If, if you and I were to take a bunch of, a bunch of the, BS that we talk about on, on this, on this show. And we said, Hey, let's write a book about our thoughts and put it down there. And we sold it right now. We've essentially monetized it. Um, sure. Now, you, you know, I do. You I still think have so- to have people buy it though. Right. You <laughs> said- <laughs> yes. You still have to have people buy it, but you know, there's a, but I don't think monetizing something is necessarily bad. I think no, I think Nexium, and I think even with like Nexium's five thousand dollar course, five dollars the intense course that it was, and when if you watch the vow, there is a lot of really interesting things that they're talking about that ESP provides people in terms of value that I look at it and think think and thought, you know those aren't those aren't bad ideas. They're very helpful for people. And I could see why people get bought into them. And even charging $5,000, I didn't necessarily think that that was necessarily wrong, but at some point it does become wrong. And I guess that's kind of where I'm, I, was, I was kind of trying to figure out like, 
is it one of those kinds of concepts where it's it's obscene when we recognize it, right? We don't know, we can't really define, it's hard to define something that's obscene. It's easier to say, well, I'll know it when I see it, right? So- Well, and and it's easier when it's, when it's the monster, you know, when it's in its genesis, in its infantile stage, it seems, it can seem very innocent and or harmless. So it's not until it becomes the monster that you have to deal with, does it seem um, overbearing? Well, and the same thing with Scientology. So before the, the pre, there are these coursework, these courses that you can, t- that you take before you actually get onto the bridge and they're the introductory courses to the bridge. And a lot of, I think the, I think I would probably say all of those courses, there's like nine or 10 of them. Each of those courses only costs like 30 bucks to take. And each one actually sound, I've never taken them, but they actually sound like, well, that doesn't sound so bad. Like that sounds interesting. And I could see how that gets people involved in it. And so if you're taking one of these courses and it's like 30 bucks, okay, great. You know, no problem. I, I think where the issue becomes is when you, when, when you stop valuing the person and you're using the person as a means to something else. So L. Ron Hubbard used people as a means to get rich, right? If, the, if, the, if what you're doing is to pr- provide value to people so that they can become better people, then the people should be the ends to that. And yes, there's going to be some money. I get it. You know, if you're if you're doing this full time, you you need to pay for your mortgage and provide for your family. Um, and at some point, that becomes obscene. And at some point, there's this balance where now you're taking advantage. When you start when you start telling your parishioners, like in, they call them in Scientology, when you start telling them and demanding that they have to take out a second mortgage and they're, you know, and they're like, well, I can't afford it. And you're still dry. That's a problem. If, if you're like, Hey, we've got this class here. It's $2,000. It, we do, we believe in it. It does all these great things. If you don't want to take it, you don't take it. Um, I think that's a lot different. Well, and, and I'm not necessarily arguing with you, but I think that that is a very easy position for you and I to take being from the outside of that organization, looking into it, knowing it for what it is as well. Um, you know, if you were to flip that and go to any other, now, I don't know that any other religion actually charges people the kind of uh, crippling debt that Scientology does. I, I don't know how to really equate that or to give a lateral example, but um, you know, when you're in that and you you believe that that is, I talked about this last week when an ideology becomes part of your moral fabric to where it, it defines who you are as a person, that you aren't anything without it. See, and that's where things like that become something. Um, inhibitive for me. It's not even necessarily the monetary obligation. It's saying that you as a person have no value outside of the dogma that I am charging you for and forcing upon you. That you're actually redefining human beings' um, individuality. That's that's where that actually crosses the line for me. Sure. I mean, you know, I was when I was watching these, I was thinking, you know, corporate trainings for example, can be a lot of money, 
I mean, I've, I've been, I've taken corporate training classes that were a week long and they cost five, six, $8,000 to attend. Mm -hmm. Um, And you're learning skill sets to advance your career. All, all that Nexium did, for example, with their ESP program was they charged a $5,000 coursework for five days, intensive uh, training, so to speak. Uh, for the purpose of getting, gaining new skill sets for managing your life. And I think, well, there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. I, do I think it's pricey? Yeah, I think it's pricey. Um, but I can't, but there were obviously people, people were finding tremendous value to it. And I think if it would have stayed there, I think that would have been fine. I think it's when, when it becomes that all encompassing, okay, we got to keep getting we got to keep getting the money, right? Um, and, and every business is going to come up with, even a, even a corporate training company is going to come up with new trainings, right? They're going to, and this is how they start, right? They, they have, um, sure. you, you can go get a project management, project manager certification, and you're going to have to take probably five to seven separate courses that are about $8,000 a piece, five days full. So you're going to, you're going to end up spending about $40,000 just in the coursework. And, but you're going to, hopefully you're going to be in a company who's going to pay that for you, but you're still going to spend about $40,000. And at the end of that, you're still not going to have your certification. And then you're going to have to do all of these other hundreds of hours as working as a project manager. And then you're going to have to pay for the ability to take an exam. And should you pass the exam, which there's no guarantee that you will, then you will be stowed, you will be bestowed with this certified, you know, this certification, this piece of paper that says you're now a certified project manager. And there are all kinds of different certifications. So we see this all the time in in the corporate environment. And then of course, those certifying bodies, what do they do? Well, they, they come up with all kinds of additional trainings for continued education because your certification is only good for like two for years, two years, yeah. you know, and you got to get education credits, continuing education credits to, you know, so that you can re up your, your, your certification. And then you got to pay money for those classes. And then you got to pay money to recertify. Right. And, and it's this constant thing, but we don't see, we don't necessarily label those as a cult because people are free to leave at any point, but is the revenue generation the same as something like Nexium or something like Scientology? Well, and the other thing I look at too is those, so you use the corporate world or the corporate mentality as, yeah. a, as a parallel. The corporate mentality, that's where I go to actually get all of my money. So that's stuff that I work for. I have an immediate return on that investment, even sure. if I'm yeah. not the one investing it. So I think that's another big um, separation of difference. The other thing is I look to organizations and all cults. So I'm not picking on Scientology in particular, although they're probably the easiest one. Um, I don't feel like I owe the corporation everything I have in my life. And so I'm just paying that back to them. That's a big disparaging difference for me too. Because you see that indoctrination of mindset that everything good in my life and, and all of the good is not only worth the investment, but I actually owe it to them for what they've done for me. Um, 
you know, I know there's a lot of the, uh, I'll, I'll use a Scientology example again. Gosh, now that you brought it up, it seems like I got a bunch. But they have these um, banquets and balls, and, and it's like the Oscars yeah. for all of the charity and all of the people saved and brought out of poverty that Scientology has done. And these people literally treat it like the freaking Oscars. They get dressed up. They bought, you know, to the nines. They pay tens of thousands of dollars for tickets. And they go and fill these um, these um, amphitheaters. Fill with thousands of people to show up and basically clap for all of the achievement that all of their money and all of that stuff has actually gone to. And guess what? They don't do it. None of it's happened. It's all a it's lie. It's a bunch of crap. It's all they a lie. just throw numbers up there like, oh, we we saved nine thousand people, and they go, oh my god, that's what my hundred thousand dollar donation or right, you know, attrition went to this year. Right. No, it didn't. None of that's ever happened ever. Right, but okay. So you you said something that was really interesting. You said like even though you might get a certification through your work, at least you go back and you can see and start reaping the rewards of that immediately. But the same, I could make the same argument in, in a personal life situation. If people are, people are seeking these things out because their life is, is essentially in, in a state of chaos. And mm -hmm. when they go through a five-day course at Nexium, or they go through the, they start going the climbing the bridge in Scientology, they, what they're doing is they're essentially looking at their lives in a different way and, and realigning their lives. So their lives are not so filled with chaos anymore. And when that happens, people are like, Hey, this is really working for me. This is having immediate benefit in my personal life. So they're still seeing, they're still reaping a benefit, just not in a corporate world where they're getting a paycheck, but they're re and they, maybe they are, um, to a degree, because if their life is more is less chaotic, then their work life is probably going to be less chaotic as well. Um, but there is some there is some initial value there, and so that's kind of where I was. That's why I was looking. At, I'm I, I was thinking about this, and I'm and I'm trying to figure out at what point does a legitimate organization turn into a cult? Because let's say we were to take this. Let's say we were to, we you know explode and we have thousands of listeners um, then and and this were to become a full-time job for us well we have to keep producing something of value um, we might even monetize a portion of the show at some point right we could get to that point uh, so that we could stay on the air and make this a full-time job there are people that have done this right yeah so at, are you creating a cult in doing that you I think you have to, constantly be balanced if that were to happen with us you and oh. i we would have to con if we were if we got to a point where we were monetizing the show and we got to a point where we were able to quit our day job and do this full time we would need to constantly be balancing each other and making sure hey are we still are, are we still acting ethically we're not because i don't want to while i would love to do this full time and get paid to actually do this at the same time, I don't want to be lying to people and stealing money from them. I want to give them something of value and they say, I'm willing to pay for that. And this is, here's what I'm willing to pay. Like it boggles my mind 
to do like a five day hang out with Jason and Lucy for five days and pay us five grand. Like to me, that's redonkulous, right? Yeah. And, and honestly, I think this is a good opportunity to really point out if there are any um, rich uncles out there in the sound of our voice who really Absolutely. do believe that this is a value and that we could do, Invest. please, by all means, drop us a line. Let's talk. <laughs> we can definitely build this up. <laughs> do I think that we are in danger of creating a cult? No, no but you, but you no. know what I'm talking about, right? I mean, sure. I'm using no, this as I, an example. I, under, I understand the fine line and you know, um, Okay, so let me take a different direction, see if I can, I will take a, a valued profession that I think is a total quack, absolute racket, and that is therapy. Now, before we get all worked up, let me qualify. Uh, qualify. Therapy. I know people who go to psychiatrists, psychologists, or there's another ist out there, but in the therapy realm, um, I contend that I can help 90% of those people in two minutes for half the price in one session by simply smacking them across the face, kicking them in the ass, say, knock it off, get your shit together, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and get your own life together. Nobody else out there is going to make it better for you, but you take charge of your life get out my office and please pay Betsy on the way out. Would you please next? This is and why you're not a therapist. This is exactly why I'm not a therapist. Just so I don't we're know anybody clear. out there who has ever gone into therapy, who has seen real benefits from it and then quit. Every person I know that praises therapy for what it is mm -hmm. has said, I go see a therapist regularly. I still do. I always will. That to me borders more on a culturist indoctrination than anything else. I you agree keep with you. People right along the, the, on the cusp of being able to take control of their own lives and see progress and do better and pay gobs of money for it, but not enough that they can actually break free of the, the shackles of one person telling them how to do everything. I, I agree with you. I think so. I, I think there is a lot of value in therapy. I think what people value in it is the ability to go to a to go into a into a situation where they can really talk about who they are as a person and let it out. And they feel comfortable with that particular person. And they know that that person is going to hold everything confidentially. Um, and most people can't, they don't have anybody in their life that they can do that with even, even a friend or a family member. There's, there's not, there still isn't enough trust. Let's face it. I don't want to be going to any of my family and telling them my deepest, darkest secrets. Are you kidding me? Those people are insane. <laughs> right. But I, but I, I think a lot of people are in that boat. They just, they just want to be able to go to an environment where they can, they can talk about everything that they're thinking about and feeling. And most therapists, um, unless there's a real psychosis, most therapists don't actually tell them what to do. They just ask them questions, use mostly as a Socratic method to get them to see their own way, right? <laughs> but people are willing to pay for that. I have always said I would make an awesome therapist. No, you I wouldn't. Really, yes, I would. I would no, totally you go, would not. Uh-huh. 
and tell me why do you think that is mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how do you think you handled that situation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay yeah what do you think you could have done better oh okay and all right well your hour's up i'll take 10 grand now thank you <laughs> So you would be a terrible a therapist. <laughs> no, you would be a terrible therapist because your face speaks so many, so, so volume, such volume. It does. Like it, just talking with you, you're, I'm like, what, what, what now? Right. So <laughs> you would make a terrible therapist, but I do agree with you. And that, that is something that I thought about. I couldn't help but thinking about that in terms of therapy, in terms of therapists, mm -hmm. psychiatrists or psychologists or whatever. Uh, or even a life coach, for example, or a career coach, um, if you're doing that, right? It's there. Yeah, you want those people to keep coming back. They're they're your source of income, but it has to be on their terms, never on the therapist's terms. Yeah, but every therapist says, "Okay, same time next week." Well, of course they're going to say Betsy on your way out. <laughs> <laughs> but when I say it's on your time, it's on the 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 therapist what do you call them the client the patient it, I don't want to call client? them the patient I'll call them the client consumer um, it, is that it has to it has to be on the client's terms not yes the therapist can say same time next week but if the client says no I'm done then the therapist has to say okay and oh uh, no I, every therapist out there would go well are you sure that's wise. <laughs> <laughs> I think in some situations that would occur. I think in some, and I think yeah. some situations it would be warranted, especially if somebody were suicidal or, you know, they haven't, they're, they're still, but again, you have, and I think, and, but I think this is where most psychologists or psychotherapists or whatever, um, to their credit, I think a, a large majority of them are trained in ethics um and and are there don't look at me like that I'm see listening. it's it's your it's your <laughs> face it speaks volumes um that they there's this fine line that has to be balanced right and you as a therapist yes in certain circumstances it's okay to question and say well i think that you're not fully done yet but it still ultimately has to be on the client's terms so mm -hmm. if the client says comes back and says yeah i understand you don't think i'm far enough along but i'm telling you i'm not coming back then the therapist has to say yet yeah, okay well and 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 in all fairness like i said last week when we were taught we were making a parallel or i did between religion and yeah. a cult um one of the things i said is and just like an ideology a religion if you say i'm done i'm out you can go a cult and to a point i i would argue even ideologists or ide ideologues will say no you cannot leave right you're not and i think allowed. that's key i think that's key. and that's the the ownership of the individual yes so. i i think i think that's totally key and does every therapist do that no probably not i think there are some bad therapists that probably uh browbeat their their clients and keep them to stay and and that's unethical and they shouldn't be therapists um but i think i think there are a lot of therapists that do a lot of really good for people and and it's all it should always remain on the client's terms and i think that's why that i think 
I think that's why it's okay. Why are you laughing at me now? (laughs) (laughs) It's because you think 100% of them are quacks. No, I I really do think. (laughs) See, and this is where what I was talking about with L. Ron Hubbard, why I actually have some um, um, aspiration Uh in that regard. Uh I'm I'm really tempted to start Jason's thumping um, therapy on youtube i'll do it on youtube we'll do it just or we'll do a video chat a zoom thing and i'll just start it up and i'll just go "Uh uh-huh uh-huh and and how do you think you handle that yeah well and i just i'm reminded of that anger management um Uh if that that movie well and how do you think you handle that um not as well as i should have yeah you think so (laughs) and i yeah i'm just no qualms about it i'm gonna let everybody know i'm going to browbeat you for how you handled stupid shit and i'm going to browbeat you so come in for your beating and move on it's only going to be 25 bucks a session and they're at 15 minute increments well see I, i think the vast majority of people who go see a therapist for whatever reason it's simply because their lives are in are in a chaotic state and and they just they need help whether it's talking through talking it through with somebody but they they just need help getting that realigned and and usually that doesn't take long no that usually doesn't to your point it doesn't take long it doesn't is your life in chaos yes why is that because i got nobody to talk to well get a freaking friend get a freaking clue (laughs) clean up your goddamn room go to freaking work pay your bills Give so your much. wife a kiss and get the frick out of my office. Please pay Betsy on your way out. Next. Uh, I, I hate you so much. <laughs> God, no. You know what? You got me on the soapbox. You started it. I'm going to end it. The, the fact of the matter is if, if we're uh-huh. talking about therapists, I think that that is a big part of the problem with our society today is that most people have not had enough parents and I'm, I love my mom and dad for raising me up what I think is to be at least mostly correct. Everything else that's wrong with me, it's not my mom and dad's fault. It's mine. <laughs> Sorry, mom. It's my fault, not your fault. I am the way I am because reasons and stuff and the thing in the place. I've met your mother. But it is your fault. Thank you. There you go. Love you, mom. Yeah. Most kids have not had their parents go, no, it's not your teacher's fault. It's not your friend's fault. It's not anybody else's fault. It's your freaking fault. You fix it. You take responsibility for it. Clean it up your damn self and move the frick on. Quit acting like a prepubescent child. You're 21 now, still living at home. Get your sh- together and get on with your life. Life is not going to hand you everything. And you look out at everybody out right now, everybody's looking for their freaking handout and their excuse on who else to blame for everything else going on wrong in their life. Nobody's taking responsibility for what's wrong in their own life that they have the power to fucking fix. Now, let me now take a breath okay? because I want, I want to... I, I want to um, throw a monkey wrench in your equation. You think that that's just that's just what people need to do, and I totally agree with you. I, I totally agree with you. What about people who just want to go and say, "Here's everything that's going crazy in my life. I don't want you to even 
ask me how I should have handled it because I know I'm the one that's supposed to take care of it, but I just need to get it off my chest because humans are naturally socially uh, social people. Absolutely. And they, they just, rather than keep it all bottled, they just need to tell somebody. Sure. So what if somebody were to come to you, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Jason, Dr. Sure. Moret, yeah. and they were to sit there for an hour and all they're doing is they're just venting all of their frustrations to somebody who they can trust to hear it, knowing that, yeah, at the end of this session, I got to go back out there, but this is my time out. This is just my time out from my world so that I can come into a place and I can just let it all hang out. And I'll give you the 25 bucks, Dr. Moret, but I just need somebody to be, to hear me. I need somebody to, who's going to be on my side and be in my corner when I go back out into the ring to battle everything that I have to battle, but I need that time out in between rounds and you're the guy in my corner. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I get that phone call all the goddamn okay. time. Right. So, and but I, I think, get that from my friends, right? I get that from my, and you should brothers. be a therapist. In I, that I get that from my, uh, my son's godfather. I get that from shoot. I get that from you. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I think ever I think people they need that. Yes, absolutely. You need that. Everybody I need that. needs that. I call you up and to to just vent, and right. I get uh, your voicemail every time. But so I call somebody else, you know. But I get that. So I'm, a, I'm so terrible. I'm such a I'm such uh, and, a rat bastard. And I so love you for it because you have to understand if if it does not ring and go straight to voicemail, I know uh -huh. your phone's off or you're in a meeting. You've got it on do not disturb. When it rings twice, and it goes to voicemail, that is the swipe. F you, dude. I'm too busy right now. I know exactly what that is. <laughs> so I move on and call one of my other buddies and I go, hey, I need to just vent for a minute. Everybody needs to do that. And everybody has friends to do that. You called me two times the other day. I think it was two times in the same day of which I had back-to-back -back meetings all day that I was this facilitating. Is not, look, this is not an issue. Yeah, of, I'm not, you don't I'm need not, to make excuses. Right, right. And, and really the, the public listening to us doesn't really care. They already they don't know give who a crap. you are. They, they no, they know. Yeah, they yeah. Dr. Ramirez, he's too busy. He's got a he's got an MD behind his name. <laughs> Ignore. <laughs> but see, I think the vast majority of people who seek therapy and and the vast a number of people that went to Nexium or go into Scientology, they're just looking for that underlying thing to help them take control of their lives, or at least, if nothing else, help them realize that it's in their uh, capability to do that. Um, just like the most, the vast majority of people who go to therapy, they just want to vent and, and walk through it and go through the process of thinking out loud. They need to think we've talked about this before. People are terrible at thinking people are off. We are awful. And the best way we think is by talking. So I need some, we need people to talk to, to think through what we're experiencing. And that's where therapy really comes into play. But therapy has to do it on the terms of the person seeking therapy, not on the terms of the therapist who's doing that. Okay. Um. <laughs> Anybody else out there in the sound of my voice, this is awesome. If you want to ever know how to shut Dr. Ramirez up, just agree with him. It totally deranged so his train of thought. 
so bad. So much. <laughs> Scientology. There were people you mentioned earlier that there were people okay. that were like escaping that had to yes, yeah, yes. had to escape. There was one episode on that show where a woman literally escaped. Like she escaped yes. the compound in the trunk of a car. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they were otherwise they would just grab her and take her back. Um, you know, and you can't leave. I think that's I think that's no. another aspect of the cultish mentality is you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to live your life. You're not allowed to have friends that are outside of the cult. Yeah, and even if it's not your you're physically being held against your will, it's the fear of what may happen to you, even if it's, it's socially, um, should yeah. you attempt to leave. Um, you made reference before about um, um, Mike having two kids in Scientology. They have disavowed him. And yes. it's not even, you have to understand what this means, okay? So imagine you're a father of two children. Every parent has had the fear that my kids are just not going to talk to me. That's not quite where we're at. I'm talking about disavowing the knowledge of your existence. Right. When you leave this particular cult, people who were your friends, um, your acquaintances, your family cease to recognize and acknowledge your existence. Now think, and, and, and so let's take it from the other perspective. Imagine you're a kid whose parent has left. You are now disavowing the existence of the person who gave you life. The fact of your existence now almost takes on an immaculate, spontaneous conception ideology because you have no parent it's called yeah it's called being disconnected so it, it, the term in scientology is disconnected so you, they have to disconnect from you here's what i don't understand here's what here's where the logic breaks down for me if if i were a scientologist okay why are you why are you <laughs> <laughs> no you just you just talked about this in that yeah, level yeah. of crazy, which everybody <laughs> listening to me is going, Jason, you're freaking cuckoo cachoo. There's no way that that's a real thing. It is a um, real thing. And it is. It and is. And you thing. just said, here's where the logic of okay. this breaks down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, sorry for the upside down face, but go ahead, please. So here's here's where I struggle with the whole concept of discon- of disconnect of disconnection. Um, Scientology exists based on what L. Ron Hubbard wrote and what they, what Scientologists are taught from the word go, right? They're taught that Scientology exists to save all mankind, to save all of humanity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and to, they, they, they talk about it, about making the planet clear, mm-hmm. clearing the planet is what they say. Right. And, and when they clear the planet, that is essentially getting all of humanity to a particular stage of, of psychological control where they, they are full control over their, of their, of their being. Right. They, they cleanse the negative uh, thetans out of existence. Yes. So if let's say you were a member of Scientology, let's say you and I both are. Okay. And you say, 
screw this, I'm done. This is a crazy, this is a crazy thing. And you leave, the expectation is that I'm supposed to disconnect from you. And yes. I'm supposed to look at you as an enemy of the church. Yes. But my mission is to clear the planet. Mm -hmm. So my mission should be not to give up on you. My mission should be... Uh, no, that's not where that's at. Why? Why would I want to clear? Why would I want to clear the planet but not include you? Why? Why wouldn't I want to just say no? I need to have Jason reach the state of clear. Now I'm not saying I'm going to go and kidnap you, but I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Logic tells me that I should not disconnect from you. That I should still remain in a in a relationship with you so that i can convince you through my own daily actions that you leaving the church was a bad thing and you can come back shouldn't it well and, and again Am i, I love off that base you here? bring logic into this it's all cute <laughs> um well yes but so the the actually this plays on a religious concept okay, okay. so all right. in, in all fairness you know um there's uh, references in the not only the Catholic Old Testament Bible, but also the New Testament, the Christian uh, Second Doctrine Bible, where God has pity and mercy upon the ignorant. Okay, so if you have not been um, exposed to or introduced to God, the concept of God, the being of God, you are essentially saved by his grace. He does not pass judgment on those who have never known him. Okay. That's the idea. So if you've never known anything of God on the day of judgment, you will be spared um, you, because of your ignorance and by his grace. Okay. So we take that and put that over here. So that's the majority of the world who has not yet been introduced to and known the Scientology truth. Hold on. However, the deepest bowels of hell wait for those who have known the truth and turned their back on it. Now, that's where those people who have left Scientology, they go to that place. There is no saving them. They have seen the truth and turned their back on it. There is no redemption for them. The only clearance or clearing of them is literally by their passing and not affecting anyone else in their existence, especially those who are in the Scientology faith but there is no hell in scientology no how could they, they go just, to a hellish they place? die and they go away but that negative so okay so if you want to talk about scientology just for a second so everybody can grasp kind of where we're at um people don't really exist we're just kind of like big bottles like water bottles for positive and negative energy and they call those things thetans everything in the world is positive and negative energy that got released when the big spaceship of zentar or whatever the hell it was crashed. Zenu, get it right oh sorry Zenu on dc10s flew okay, here there you go. 
Well, you know way more than I do, but cool. Good for you. And no, no I, and I'm not making this up. No, like, this when you is get, actually when, real. <laughs> when you get to OT3 and you paid 300 grand to get to the level of OT3, you learn about Xenu the Galactic Warrior and how Phaetons were brought on DC-10s in space airplanes. I kid you not. They this were brought real. to the United States or brought to the world, the earth. And then there were like volcanoes and shit and the enemy atom bombed them and blew them up. I we're, I'm not making this up. You learn this at OT three and L Ron Hubbard said, you're, you have to get through OT three very quickly. Yeah, no shit. Because usually if you hear that, you're like, wait, I just spent all this money for this. Like, yeah. <laughs> I spent money to learn that, uh, you know, Xenu, the, the galactic space warrior, came over here and, and spread all this energy out. But see, there, there's a point there that, that is slightly amiss. Because, okay. again, if you were to leave the church and I disconnect from you, I cannot clear you. No. But even if you die, you're going to be reborn because Scientology believes that we as, as, we as humans have existed in many other lives, mm -hmm. lives. And we will exist in future lives. Yes. And so we will be reborn. Like I could, you could die and be reborn to be my father in my next life, for example. Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that's how these people think. So if I clear you, then I save you. Or do I just kick the can down the road and disconnect from you? Yes. I, I just, I'm just trying to rationalize that in my head because if I'm a practicing Scientologist, right? And I believe in this crazy crap by, by L. Ron Hubbard and, and the whole purpose of this is supposed to be a scientific religion, mm -hmm. right? So I need to, I should be thinking this in, in terms of, well, why should I disconnect from him? I want to keep him so that I can try to clear him. Yep. Well, and, and again, I, I, if you have seen, know, or been exposed to the truth and turn from it, there's no saving for you. The only hope for you is in a next life we can start anew. And hopefully in this life, we expose enough people so that by osmosis and sheer influence, there's a better chance for you next go around. Now, there's... What's interesting is there are parallels here with the Jehovah's Witnesses. Okay. And when I was a kid, my mom got into the Jehovah's Witnesses and by default pulled me into it because I was a little kid. I didn't have a choice in the matter. Um, and, and so for a number of years, I remember going to Kingdom Hall and I remember doing Bible study all the time. And I remember going to the big conventions. I don't know what they call them. Um, but they would literally rent out a, you know, a football stadium and Jehovah's witnesses come from all over the place to, you know, uh, to these football stadiums. And for two and a half days, it's like pure torture. It's attend church for two and a half days. It's as yep. mind numbing and depressing as you would think that would be. Uh, and you know, there's a lot, there are a lot of practices in the Jehovah's witnesses that I see in Scientology. You know, they, they talk about, this us versus them mentality uh, where they really, they, they build these walls. Jehovah's witnesses do this. They build this wall around themselves and, and they say, well, we have to save the world, but at the same time, we're separate from everybody else. And they talk about um, 
people who are outside, you know, they, they refer to their religion as the truth, in quote, that's the truth. Uh, so anybody who's outside of the truth is worldly. And so you're taught very early on that if somebody's not a member of the truth, then they're worldly and they're to be avoided. And that always never made sense to me. Like, why should I avoid them if the whole point is to bring them into the fold? Well, and and I I am not as familiar with the Jehovah's Witness um, practices or religion or dogma enough to to lend too much into that. You could probably answer that better. My um, assumption would be that if you associate outside of the sanctum of believers, you could be led astray. That's the whole outside point. of the truth. That's and that's really and, where it comes from. Only in a position of strength where multiple of you may traverse the wilderness right. of the world right. are you able to shine the light and influence others to be attracted to you, to which you could then bring back to right. the inner sanctum of truth. Right, right. And, and, and that's really what it boils down to is they don't want their, they don't want their people to interact in the world or talk to worldly people because well you'll you'll go astray and you'll leave you'll leave the religion because they don't want you to leave the religion they need to keep you you know it, it, as close to them as possible um and and to me that just speaks of a religion that can't stand on its own it it, mm -hmm. it speaks to a, a cult that its ideas are not good enough if you cannot challenge or question the beliefs of of what of your religion then those ideas are not strong enough. Right. Like if, if, your, if the ideas are really strong, then any religion should say, you know what? Yeah, you should take a break from us. You should think about what we believe in yeah. um, and, and, and do that on your own and challenge and question it. It's, it's interesting to me when you look at, um, you know, religions, cults, organizations, or any, when you hear that, one of the principal ideas is that the your family, your daily life, your work, your those things should come first. I mean, that's that's rare if you talk about a cultist mentality. It's actually quite the opposite. It's the reverse. It's, it's the absolute reverse. Yeah, and and yeah. that's um, you know, so you were talking, you were making a parallel about you and me and doing what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Um I don't think there's any question that this is secondary to our lives. Now, I don't mean secondary in the, in the amount of importance that I think this can and has and does hold. Cause I think what we do is important. Do I think it has the overwhelming influence to kind of take over for us? No. Um, well, yeah. do, do I think it's possible? Yeah, maybe. maybe. <laughs> But even Wouldn't if it did, cool? right? That would even be if, awesome. But even but... if we did have people giving us money, I, yeah. our message would always be your family, friends, life come first. We'll always be here. Yep. So even if we're charging $5,000 for a five-week class to hang out with us, right? Um, do your family and friends first before you come and hang out with us. We'll still Absolutely. be here. Absolutely. Yep. I think I think yeah. we would we would we would continue to operate that way. And and that may seem like a 
kind of silly stipulation to put on something like that. But I think it's overwhelmingly important in the idea of what priorities for everyone should be. Um, any organization that prioritizes itself over the individual individuality or the individual lives of the parishioners is probably not something you want to be a part of. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there was one time, uh, I, it was years after I had left Jehovah, the escaped Jehovah's Witnesses. They, they, I was never baptized in the religion, so they didn't have as deep of a hold. And I was only a kid while I was in it. Um, but I remember my mom had remained for a number of years and she eventually got baptized into it. Um, and she's a, she, to this day, she's still a very devout Jehovah's witness. And a number of years ago, I had, I had asked her some questions about her faith. And the whole point of that was I wanted her to do some self-reflection on those questions and just think about it and what her faith and, 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 and how those questions uh, filtered through or shone light on her faith. That's what I was hoping, right? I would hope that she would kind of reflect on that and, 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 and come to some new or different conclusions about things. And the first thing my mom did, because she's a, she's a good little Jehovah's Witness, the first thing she did was she, she refused to think about them on her own. She called up one of the elders of the church and said, I need to talk to you. Guy comes over to the house and has a whole Bible study and they are able to work through the questions together. So she did it with a, you know, she did that whole thinking with an elder of the church and then told me about that. And I'm like, you, then you defeated the whole purpose because mm -hmm. you, you, you know, you're a heroin addict. And when I'm asking you what value heroin brings, your first call was to your heroin dealer. <laughs> and your heroin dealer came over and told you what the value of heroin is. Of course you would, you didn't do any, anything with the, with yeah. the questions. I asked you what value <laughs> therapist has, or therapy has brought to and your you, lives and you call your therapist. And you call your therapist. You completely, you know, wait, wait like, no bad parallel. I'm sorry. Yeah, I shouldn't yeah, do yeah. that. I apologize. I'm yeah. going to get off that. So you, you, I asked you what good public education has on your life and you called your teacher. Oh, and you got a voicemail and you left a message. You're still waiting to hear back. Yeah. Garbage, <laughs> garbage. We're going to be, we should create t-shirts. Garbage oh. should be one t-shirt, just like, you know, big letters across the front. Cat That's two t-shirts. Now we've said we were going to make, what was the first one? Jew donuts. Jew donuts. <laughs> yep. We just got booted <laughs> off YouTube again. <laughs> Jew donuts. I want another one that says qualify because you said that earlier. Like, and I said, qualify that. Qualify that. Qualify. That's a good one. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Qualify that. Yeah. We don't, we, nobody would buy them. So we would only be able to order two. Well, that's fine. You know, you know? we keep our order volume small, keeps our overhead <laughs> under control. <laughs> you know what? I will be giving those t-shirts out to every uh, first time um therapy thumping session on jason's dr moret's corner <laughs> therapy corner so any uh new patients want to sign up for uh jared my thumping i hate you, you gotta so qualify that t-shirt yeah all right well any last uh parting words before we call this one and uh, call this one done 
No, I think we had a good time tonight. And I, um, I, I don't know if we talked about the overwhelming or overarching impact or dangers that um, cults have on our society today or any parallels between ideology or cultist behavior or anything else. But um, it was an interesting discussion. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you got me on a couple soapboxes tonight. I haven't done that in a while. So thank yeah, you. Well, there you go. Well, as always, remember, you can find all of our stuff at fusionunderground.net, uh, including all of our podcast feeds. If you just want to access them directly, or if you have an app on your phone or whatever, you can go to these locations. But you, we can find us on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher, as well as the Apple uh, iTunes store. We are on there. Uh, we do have, we're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash AZ Fusion Underground uh, YouTube channel. Fusion Underground. I want to say we're on Twitter at the FU Brothers, but um, <laughs> soon coming to Parlor. Soon coming to Parlor, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what's funny about Twitter is I can go out there, I can I can scroll, I can see certain things, um, but I can't post anything. So, and I don't know why. So well, they, yes, they, you do know why. Well, I mean, yes. you don't have this specific instance as to what, but you retweeted, posted, liked, or something about some sort yes, of um, I did election something. fraud, and you've been blocked. But but in the past, so I have been put in Twitter timeout before in Twitter jail, and they told me why I was in Twitter jail, and they told me how to rectify in order to get out of Twitter jail. Uh, this, I get nothing. So I don't know why I'm in Twitter jail, so I can't make any changes. Uh, so I just said, well screw it. I'm not going back to your site until I, until, you know, every once in a while I'll go out there. Nope, still can't. So I just shut it. I just close yep. it. So anyway, that's where you can find us. Um, you know, maybe we'll be on Facebook. I don't know if they continue to censor us. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, YouTube. What, what was that, that Facebook, mm. um, the precursor to Facebook was it MySpace? MySpace. Or? Yeah. Hey, they, they didn't censor anybody. There they you go. put anything out there. Yeah. I might have to <laughs> see a resurgence. We might of, uh, revisit of MySpace. Of MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Ah, <laughs> uh, anyway. Oh, well. All right. Well, for Jason Moret, I'm Manuel Ramirez. You've been listening to the Fusion Underground. Good night, everybody. Have a good night.